0: Turn with me to the book of Exodus. I want to introduce to you a series that we're going to preach throughout the summer called the I Am. And uh, even as we look at these first few verses of Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 14, I want you to see, look to see if you can see yourself in Moses' interaction with God because I think you are going to see yourself. Grab the notes in the chair in front of you, or maybe the chair behind you. Grab the notes, follow along, fill in some of these blanks as we talk about um, uh, the I am, as we introduce you to the I am. What is it about fire that draws our attention? A couple of years ago, this was happening just at the entrance of our... uh, This was a planned fire. This was on purpose this was at the top of the S-curves there in Middlebury. It actually shut down the entrance to the housing addition where we live. And so we were forced just to watch it. And I remember standing there as the fire department was, it was, you know, a planned burn. And, and as, as they were burning this, this building, and they were using different techniques and, and, and different things. But it was so hard to not look at it. I mean, as, as, as you saw that fire and that you saw this building burning, it's like, whoa, whoa. And I, of course, there, I have memories of going in there back when it was a store and when I was a kid and those type of things. And just thinking about all the history in that building and all that. And you just, you see that fire, that fire just, and today I want to talk to you about a fire that Moses saw. Moses saw, but imagine if this building were on fire, but the building wasn't collapsing, <laughs> Imagine if this building was on fire, but nothing was being burnt. That's what happened to Moses. So, without any further ado, let's grab your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 3, let's dive into this, and uh, in no time flat, we're going to be to Exodus uh, uh, 3.14, so just buckle up, because here we go, buckle up, buttercup, let's go. Verse 1. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Let's stop right there for a second. Moses. Now, I don't want you to get confused, so I just got to point something out. We've been talking about the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 25 through 40. That was several months after what we're we're seeing right here. So as you see, this is the start of it all. This is the very beginning. And Moses, um, he's in this place called Horeb. Now, Horeb is another name for Sinai or Sinai. Um, I I, I learned a new word this week and I don't know, um, here it is, proleptic. Does anyone, you don't have to, this is rhetorical. Do you know what proleptic means? I had no idea, but I learned it this week, and I'm going to teach it to you. The representation or assumption of a future act or development as if presently existing or accomplished. What? (laughs) Here it is. This was a proleptic statement, because notice it says, uh, tending the flock, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb. It says, the mountain of God. At this point, as Moses is just hanging out with his sheep, what stands there before him is just a mountain, but what, what, it, what, what, what the writer of, of Exodus, and, and as, as they share this, they're, they're declaring, but that's, it's just a mountain right now, but it's getting ready to be a really important mountain. It's, it's getting ready to be turned into the mountain of God. To call it the mountain of God is that big word I told you. It was proleptic, for that is what it will become when Moses comes a second time. Do you remember that? And he goes up and receives the words from God, the, the commands that God would have for them. And so so Moses, what was he doing at this time? Um, he was hanging out at the 4-H fair in the in the sheep barn for 40 years. <laughs> I mean, you, I... I, I I love going to the 4-H Fair. I always have. And, and, but when you walk through the animal barns, which some of you spend a lot of time in, a lot more than I did, but I always enjoy walking through, but I always enjoy walking out. <laughs> because I, it makes me so nervous because you gotta, you got to walk through, but you got to watch where you're walking. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and you walk through there. And so the idea that anyone would spend their whole life hanging out with a bunch of sheep when I say his whole life, 40 years, he's, he's, he's shepherding these sheep. And you think about the dreams that Moses had as a child. What did you want to be when you were a child? You want to be a policeman, or you want to be a fireman, or you want to be a teacher. Or you want to be whatever it is you dreamed to be. What was it that Moses dreamed? Well, I want to be a pharaoh. Well, I don't know if that would work out, but, but I, I want to be a leader. Or What dream did he have? We have no real idea, but I would guess this. I would guess that maybe his dream wasn't so much I want to work for my (laughs) father-in-law and I want to watch sheep day in and day out for 40 years. This is the first thing I want to throw out at you. I think it's in your notes. There are no wasted seasons in God's timeline. I just encourage you with that. There are no wasted seasons in God's timeline. Do you think the day in and day out grind of watching sheep, that it prepared Moses in any way to, I don't know, lead a bunch of sheep for 40 years in the desert? I'm not talking about, ah, sheep. I'm talking about the Israelites. Do you think anything he learned is, is, he thought he was just taking care of these sheep, the rod and staff is leading them, directing them. Was there anything that God was doing in those days to prepare him for his future? What's your thoughts, Scott? Where you find yourself right now might not be where you you want to be. Where you find yourself today might not be where you want to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, but let me just encourage you with something. Stay faithful where you're at right now. Whatever God has put in your hand, accomplish it, focus on it, put your whole heart into it because who knows that God isn't preparing you with what's happening here today for your future. Note something else. God's getting ready to reveal himself to Moses. God's getting ready to show up and speak to Moses in a a crazy way. But did you notice, Moses, it doesn't say he was meditating on scripture. It doesn't say, and Moses was praying one day. It doesn't say Moses was uh, uh, resting before the (laughs) Lord. Moses was just going about his every day. He he was going about his everyday things. He he, he was was tending the flock. This is the next thing in your notes I want you to get. Find God in the mundane and the boring. Don't ever, ever underestimate what God can do and speak into your life in the the midst of changing the dirty diaper. (laughs) Really, Scott? Come on. In, in In the midst of that third meeting of the day, I'm about meeting doubt. In in the midst of of whatever it is that you do every single day, you've got your routine, whatever that routine looks like, don't ever negate the thought or the fact that God can speak to you in the midst of that. As Moses was just tending the flock, he was tending the sheep, God showed up and spoke to him. And if we don't, if we don't rescue and understand that God even speaks to us in the mundane and the boring, we're going to miss some powerful words of God for us. Now look at verse two. Okay, verse two. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Whoa! So Moses thought, "I'll go over and see this strange sight." Why the bush does not burn up. The idea of God showing up unexpectedly is, it's not new to the Bible, right? I mean, you, you can study the Bible and you can see this happened to Jacob, this happened to Ezekiel, this happened to Saul or Paul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, Right? Uh, you, you can even remember um, uh, the idea that uh, God showed up through an, an angelic host. It, was, it wasn't necessarily God, but it was an angelic host showed up to another group of shepherds, right? Announcing the birth of our Messiah, Jesus Christ. So God has a way of showing up at times when maybe we didn't expect it. The angel of the Lord, in this situation, when you see this, is it, I believe this is a manifestation of God himself, this is a manifestation of God. This is, this is God showing himself, showing up. Every time you see an angel in scripture, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually God. in that. But I believe in this situation. I'm not going to spend time talking any further about that. But there, there have been times when angel, this angel, this messenger, showed up in other biblical accounts, such as in Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Gideon. Samson's father and his mother had experiences like this. So so even though it it is out of the ordinary, it's not something that never happened. But note note something else about the bush. The thing's on fire. And it it looks as if it's not the angel that captures Moses' attention. What is it? It's the fire. Let me just toss out a thought here. Often before God is able to say something to somebody, he captures our attention through our circumstances of life. Is that not true? When God is is wanting to speak to us, when God is wanting to teach us something, say something to us, he captures us with something completely different to say, I'm trying to get your attention here, hello. And often it's an uncomfortable something, (laughs) am I right? It's often something that I don't, I, I wish I wasn't here, I wish this wasn't happening but God allows that to happen. It's the thought in, in the book of James. It's this thought in the book of James. Look at this. In James chapter 1, verse two, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And, and as, you're, as you're walking through that trial, you're like, I'm very mature. I am mature. I don't think I can be any more mature, God. Please, get me through this. But God allows those events to happen so that we can, he can arrest our attention and we can turn our face to God. Let me ask you right now. Is there anything happening in your life right now that's just like, where did this come from? Could it be that God's allowing that to happen in this season? He's allowing that to help, help uh, uh, encourage you, push you, drive you to your knees. And and just to remind you that, yes, I am there. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Let's go to verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. It was an emphatic. It was Moses, Moses. It's kind of like in in Genesis where um, we hear God say, Abraham, Abraham. In First uh, Samuel three, Samuel, Samuel, we could probably add Jesus as Martha, Martha, Simon, Simon, Saul, Saul. We, we I, I think, nothing more important to to declare here other than. Um, then this, I think, this is in your notes. The bottom line is this: whether we're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, when God calls your name twice, you'd better listen up. <laughs> I mean, if God's, it's one thing if He just says Moses, but when He says Moses, Moses, you better listen. And so, in in verse four, uh, um, we begin to see this interaction between Moses and God that continues on in verse five. Look at it. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Holy, holy. God's initial